Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. We're streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. And if you are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. You can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, and Facebook at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And you can check out those episodes that you might have missed wherever you get your podcast. So if that's TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. That's really easy to remember, right? From social media to the podcast, it's all at Radio Islam USA. And if you would like to give us a call throughout tonight's uh, discussion, you can do so at 312-750-1178. 312-750-1178. Joining us this evening, Husni Selenica. He is a chaplain with the Chicago Police Department and began serving in the chaplain's unit this year, 2018. He's been an officer since 2000, working in District 1. And since 2014, he has served on the Mental Health Committee with the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 7. He's an active member of his native Southwest Side community where he serves on the board of Horizon Science Academy. He teaches karate to inner city youth and is training for his second degree black belt himself. Over the years, Husni has been involved in interfaith dialogue and service projects with various faith communities and is currently studying at the Chicago Theological Seminary. Thanks for being here, brother. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam. I appreciate you being here. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about your path to becoming a uh, to becoming a chaplain. What was the draw? Um, actually, it was kind of after 9/11 um, had happened. It kind of crossed my mind that we need some kind of representation within the police department. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought seeking to be in a Muslim chaplain would be one of those benefits for the department and the community. Mm -hmm. So you all serve. Um, because as a part of the, and, and the, the proper name is uh, the, was it the Chaplain's Corps, Chaplain's Department? Um, what's the official name for it? Chaplain Unit. The Chaplain Unit, okay. Yes. So everything is a unit. So uh, as a part of the Chaplain Unit, um, there's a lot of different representation of faiths uh, of, you know, in this composition. Uh, but you serve all, any, any police officer. Yes, we minister to every, everyone. Okay. It's not regardless of faith, but of course, uh, we do have every faith denomination within the department. So we do have a rabbi, uh, Orthodox priest, Catholic priest, a deacon, uh, non-denominational Christian, and um, uh, Methodist, I believe. Okay. And oh, go ahead, Terry. Yeah. Um, what has been the response from the, or have you have you gotten a response from? The, the Muslim from Muslim police officers knowing that you are in position as a chaplain uh, it's it's been very positive but again I've been doing this about four months so it's starting to kind of come and fold that there is a Muslim chaplain mm -hmm. so um, I'm out there pretty much on the streets every day um, and trying to make myself known and I'm also trying to as well make the Muslim community in general known uh, beside the leadership of our community, but also just going to the masjid as well so they know that there's a representation within the department. Well, I'm sure that's been met with a lot of, um, a lot of appreciation and, and excitement 
seeing a Muslim chaplain. Oh, uh, yes. Very in. positive feedback. Yeah. What, what's a normal day for you? <laughs> and there is no normal day. It's nonstop, constantly in motion, um, yeah. all hours of the days, weekends. Um, there's always something going on. Um, and in this big city, um, there, there's a lot happening. All right. So even though you're in the, the chaplain's unit, um, do you still have to operate as a, um, as, as a rank and file police officer? Um, well, our, our sole job is to minister to police and their family. Um, okay. And then on, on top of it, we also um, also do CAPS, Community Alternative Police Strategies. Okay. And that, with me going to the mosque and praying um, on a weekly basis or a daily basis, going to a different mosque to uh, also present, uh, make representation for the police department and that we're out here to help. Okay. Were you aware, because uh, as we were talking, you know, offline before we you know, got on air, being born and raised in this city, uh, in your, as you were coming up, were you aware that, that this aspect of, um, of policing existed? Uh, yeah, I, I was when I was in a training academy. I, I was aware that there was a chaplain's unit. No, no, I'm, not, not then. I'm sorry. Yeah, but before, like before, just like, you know, growing up, um, we see the police. That's not something, at least for me, it wasn't something that I would have thought of as being a part of you know, of a police department. You that, know, that, that you there's have, a chaplain unit yeah, in the police yeah, department? Yeah. No, before, prior to when I was in the department, no. Um, I actually had no intention on being a police. I wanted to be a photojournalist, and this kind of happened uh, as a fluke. Um, and, really? And okay. the story goes, I was uh, going to Columbia College, and um, I went to go pray a door prayer. Um, I don't know, do you have non-Muslim listeners? Because I'll say that's the afternoon prayer. That's fine. Um, yeah. So... Um, I went to go pray, and after I got done praying, uh, this one guy gave me an application, and back then it was just to look a little postcard. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, I think you'd make a great officer. And as a joke, I filled it out, popped it in the mail, and took the test. And by the time I graduated, the job fell on my lap. And thank God, because the economy flopped, and <laughs> journalism or photojournalism is kind of like uh, yeah. at a low now. Hmm. Is that something that maybe uh, on the sidelines you still uh, engage in? No, I stopped doing photography uh, because of these uh, dumb cell phones that have cameras and, uh, you know, people take pictures with no composition or anything like that. And yeah. there's really no value in it, or I don't see value in it in this day and age. Yeah, the, the eye has changed. So yes. Everybody's a, a photographer now. Yes. Yeah. Myself included. Um, you know, I, I look at a, a picture. Well, a matter of fact, it's so easy to do down here. So, you know, we're downtown. So, so if you are new to the show... Uh, we're downtown Chicago, and it's some wonderful uh, architecture down here. And you'll all of a sudden think that you are the the second coming of name your favorite photographer. You know, Ansel Adams. Uh, hey, there you go. You know, does anybody know who he is? <laughs> I, I've heard the name before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so tell me this. Uh, one of the things that um, that gets me, right? This is something that I, I don't think I battle with, right? Because I was telling you before, and I've told the Radio Islam family, uh, that in my illustrious working life, uh, one of the thing, things I've done, I've been a fireman, I've been, uh, I've worked, uh, you know, in corrections, um, and a bunch of other stuff, um, is the, is the, the way people outside of your circle see you. And police, um, you know, you're, you're in an area, right? You're in a field where 
Number one, you rely on the people that you, you work with deeply. These people become, you know, like your family. Um, and you are under strange or put in positions that most people will, will never will never be in. You you see things sometimes on such a on a regular basis that you have you come up with coping mechanisms and I can I can attest to this you know from from my experience in corrections where you see things that the average person will not see and it can change the way you it can change the way you just kind of move about through uh, through the world so I'm saying all of that to say this um, do you see in your interaction with other police officers uh, throughout your time on the job that the public perception, negative or positive, and I mean today it, it's there's there's a lot more negative organizationally for the whole, not necessarily for individuals. But do you see? Does that perception have a? Does it take a toll on the police? The on on police. Okay. Yeah, it's probably about twenty questions there. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, let, let's get let's kind of go back to what you're kind of saying mm -hmm. and. Um, Yes, it is a police family. Once you're on a job and you're sworn in, um, you're, you take that oath in protecting the city, and we deal with the, the worst of humanity. Uh, you know, when we get called, we don't get called, hey, why don't you come by and have some tea at my place? Right. It's more like, I got a problem, I need you to solve this. Um, we do see some gruesome things. Um, I have, and I continue to see gruesome things. And one thing with uh, the police family is what we need and it's not just police in general but it's also their spouses and their children because it does it can come into the household mm -hmm. and self-care is very important and we do have services which is great what the department has uh, we have we have clinicians we have the chaplains um, and chaplains are very proactive we're out on the street where we're we're in the trenches with the people Mm -hmm. um, and that is that is just important to help our police family within their own family structure to to strengthen themselves as well. Um, now, in terms of the negativity with the community, I would say with the the media, yeah, the media just kind of spins things in a negative aspect i mean before the, the broadcast started uh ibrahim was uh telling us some nice pleasant news around the world to, <laughs> to introduce this so um i i think there's a lot more positive reinforcement out there um yes there is negativity but not as as we think it is um but uh i i believe as police or i have at least with my experience i've had a lot more positive feedback than any negativity um and it's anything in life, it's how you see it. Um, you know, same thing with me being Muslim, uh, nothing but positive feedback. Um, so it's, it's all on how you, the outlook of things, how you see things. Mm. Okay, all right, I, I can, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll probably I'll answer that. three of those questions out of 20 it, you it, asked. It's okay, I'll throw back the other 17. Okay. Um, so as a, do you see yourself as a uh, as a part of a minority community, being a police officer, or does being a police officer kind of take away some of that? Um, well, there's three things that I may have going against me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
let's see, I'm white, I'm Muslim, and I'm the police. So I can't do anything right. <laughs> uh, but no, again, it's how, the outlook of it. Um, um, I'm sorry, what was the question? Because I, I, I got lost in my thought. <laughs> okay, so obviously, um, uh, Radio Islam family, this, this interview is, I think it's kind of going off the rails, but... <laughs> It's all right. I'm, yeah. I'm Do you have gonna... anybody listening to the show at all? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we, we how got many, how many besides people us, right? Besides, we, we got a lot of people listening. Oh, okay. Right, right. Don't don't front on the Radio Islam listenership. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? Uh, you know what I was expecting? Because I'm looking at the wall. I'm seeing Sound Vision, right, and Radio yeah. Islam. You know, I was expecting Adam to be interviewing me, that little puppet. Speaking of Adam, I'll take this opportunity to give a little segue <laughs> that there's a there's a new release. Adam's World is being re-released. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, yeah, guys, it's getting a reboot. Oh, right? good. Yeah, it's getting a reboot. But look, let, let's let's get back over to Chaplain Selenica. Um, how important is faith to the to the rank and file? If you could say, if you could generalize. Uh, I mean, me personally, faith is very important, and I do believe with the general population of the Muslims in the city. Um, given my interaction, me being out on the street, I'm going to go out tonight too. I tend to stay out at nighttime riding out there. Um, it, it's very important. There's a lot of respect for clergy within the department. Um, and, and faith is very important given what we see because you, you do tend to see some of the worst of humanity. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to cope with that. And if you don't have a God or a religion in your life, it's very, and then it just becomes difficult. You know, you mentioned seeing the worst in humanity. Is there an assumption a lot of times that that's what you're walking into? Um, every situation that a police officer gets into, they, it's, it's case by case each time. Um, you know, you think something's going to be simple and then everything spins to a different direction that you would never imagine. Yeah. But I think you mentioned, you say, you say uh, I'm white, I'm the police. What was the other thing? And I'm Muslim. Muslim. Right. Yeah. Well... But as a as a chaplain, right? There's a I think there's an automatic pass that you get when people find out you're clergy. Um, for the most part, right? We could point out some, maybe some, uh, I don't know, some isolated incidents. But but for the most part, people are they they expect like um, you expect the the best from your from your clergy from from your faith leaders. Um, are you are you received like that? Is that accurate? Um, you know, I've always been received well with the department and with my fellow officers, my partners, my coworkers. Um, and I, I've, I've always had that level of respect with, with my brothers and sisters within the police department. Mm-hmm. Um, now as clergy, um, I don't feel I'm any different. Uh, like I said, I, I still go out on the streets um, and, and I'm out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I feel like I'm still amongst my brothers and sisters. Okay. Do you, um, do you do ride-alongs? Uh, y- yes, we do. I, I haven't yet. I've only been on a job four months. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I, I believe we do offer ride-alongs. You're welcome to come with me. I was about, that was my second, my next question. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to get in for, for a ride-along. All right. Sounds good. I'll right. take you to the worst parts of Chicago, which there isn't any. So we'll have to go to New York. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, some of the things that you're, you're doing outside uh, in the community, right? Mm-hmm. So we mentioned that um, you teach karate. Yes. Um, 
And how long have you been doing it? Uh, over 10 years. I'm not sure exactly, but definitely over 10 years. Which, 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 which art? Uh, I, I practice karate, Shotokan. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm going to go ahead and do something that you would normally do off air. I'm going to ask you, are you familiar with Fred, uh, Sensei Fred Jordan? Sensei Fred Jordan, no. No. Okay. All right. All right. I could have wait, waited for the break for that. Um, oh. All right. You want me to say I know him? Oh, yes, I do know him. Yeah, great friend of mine. He, he's supposed to be coming on the show. Oh. Yeah, he owes a few Guinness uh, records and all that kind of stuff. Uh, teaches on the south side. But, um, but you've been teaching for about 10 years, and, um, and you're still working, and you're working on your second degree. Yes. Okay. And what do you, do you, is, is martial arts a part of self-care for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Karate is definitely uh, uh, self-care. It's uh, a way out. It's... Karate is also kind of spiritual as well. Um, you know, you can also mix your own religious beliefs. There's a lot of Buddhism within martial arts, mm -hmm. but as well as you can, whatever religion you practice, if it's Christianity, Islam, or Judaism, you can put your own spin into your own spirituality with karate. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what what are your ultimate goals with it? Are you looking to just keep moving up? Uh, that fourth, fifth dine, all that kind of thing. You know, I I never think about. It. I never even thought about me being a black belt but it happened um so i just kind of go with the motions and karate is a lifelong uh practice just like religion mm -hmm. is a lifelong practice so you'll just continue it till till you leave this earth mm -hmm. uh as a <clears throat> is there a um is there a changing for you because you seem like you know really easy easy going um is there a change for you going from work to home do you like are you are you the same you know what i mean um well it, as an officer I, I mean i've 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 dealt with stuff i've seen uh, a lot of tragedy or trauma um but i tend to always throughout my career that once i leave the lot i leave it behind once i drive out of that parking lot and i'm done with work that's it Occasionally, sometimes things might come home. I might have to vent a little bit, but I just kind of sit off to the side. I don't like to bring it home to my family. Um, but then again, that's where praying five times a day helps, uh, reciting the Quran, doing dhikr, making tasbih. Um, all that is very helpful in, in the martial arts, too. It's a, it's, it's a good release. Um, and that's just important. Again, I can't emphasize more about the self-care with, with anybody that does this kind of work. Is that something that, that you all as a unit, that you all talk about? Um, like looking for the signs of, I need to pull this guy aside to, to check on him because he's, he probably is not practicing um, self-care. Is that something you all talk about? Actually, the department, the police department, I have to say, is really good at that. Um, we, we have a very good peer support system and which literally we have officers in every district, every watch that are pure support and they're trained and they constantly go through training each year or each month or every so often. Um, and they do seek this out and, and they're there even if somebody has an issue that these are probably the first people line of defense in terms of, hey, Joe or Kim, whatever the person's name is. Mm -hmm. um, or they might kind of seek it and say, hey, you know, you're not looking well. Um, and I've, I've actually had that intervention years ago because um, I was kind of feeling feeling down and somebody talked to me and, and it was the best thing and that's all I needed. And then it just made things better. 
when somebody kind of sees that, oh, you know, you're not looking well. And, and then, you know, they, they hear you out and they give their suggestion and, mm-hmm. and things go well. As opposed to just walking by you. And, right, you know. and just ignoring you. So yeah, you'll tough but, it out. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about some of the stigmas associated with, um, with mental health when we come back and its relation to faith. And I'm going to ask you 20 questions. And you can pick which one you want to answer. Sounds good. All right. So, so <laughs> some positive uh, news, uh, Ibrahim, please. Yeah. So, Radio Sound family, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Chaplain Kusmi Selenica of the Chicago Police Department. Hang on. We'll be back. The Syrian Community Network, with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location, located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872 Eight zero six zero one four one. That's area code eight seven two eight zero six zero one four one, or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org. In the streets below, traffic had stopped. Pedestrians were lying on sidewalks and curled up in doorways. There was no sign of violence, no wrecks, nothing like that. It was as if the people in New York had simply decided to stop whatever they were doing and pass out. Ice coated my stomach. The invasion has started. To find out what happens next, read Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Reardon. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38 and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you, I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you.
Okay. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Slam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen. We're broadcasting on WCV 1450 AM, streaming live at WCV1450.com. Remember, you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at, at, Radio, at Radio Slam. At, slow down, people. At Radio Islam uh, USA. And you can also find us wherever you get your podcasts at Radio Islam USA. We are joined in studio by the the lively. We just lost our music. What happens? What happens to the music? It's gone. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I wanted it. Give, give me that back. <laughs> we are. He said he never been next to the police. I'll take it down. Take it down. <laughs> yeah, that, that voice you hear. That is. Um, it's, it's hard to believe. That's Chaplin. Husni uh, Selenica, he's he is trolling the host of Radio Islam. Um, now, um, all right. So look, let's 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 ask some 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 real questions, okay? Um, the media, see, I beat you to it, right? <laughs> the media uh, reports a lot on, and maybe from from not not, nece- not necessarily um, productive angles, but they report on racism. They report on uh, they report on incidents that have uh, racial undertones or feed into uh, narratives that put the police and community at odds. Um, and I'm not saying that sometimes I, I feel my opinion. I feel like sometimes that is that is justified. That the the things happen seem to be pretty clear. Um, give us your account. Give us tell us what what you think about media coverage and their, um, how they contribute or well, take away? Well, one thing, I, I could tell you a story. One time when I was a, a man, the Inner City Muslim Action Network, uh, mm-hmm. we had an iftar out in the lot there on 63rd in California. Mm-hmm. Um, we had every faith-based community there. The imam, the rabbi, everybody spoke. There was even a Native American. And uh, we were there having iftar, the breaking of the fast, and great discussion great people networking um and one reverend spoke and he was mentioning he's like here we are breaking bread on the south side of chicago and nothing's happening here we are peaceful but yet the media is not reporting this they're two blocks south reporting a dead body in the lagoon and that moment i said that reverend's right Mm -hmm. and and if you read the paper, you listen to the news, um, just what's on TV, it's all humanity's misfortune. Mm. And really that is such a small percentage of our society. And it's playing over and over and over again. And so then you think that that's how people are. But I'll tell you, just me as being a police officer, yes, we do handle negative uh, traumatic situations but really the percentage of our careers is more we deal with more positive interaction with people in our society and that's what makes this job wonderful Um, and I can't emphasize more on just having more of a positive reinforcement on life in general all right let me ask you this what has been the because you've been doing this for almost 20 years now yes right what has been the highlight of your career thus far? Oh, 
right here being ah. a radio islam wow oh, i mean this man. is the highlight right here oh man come man. On. And, and, and nobody's even listening that's a thing man. my god hey they're listening is there a pot like can i like listen to this later on you know yeah you, you didn't hear my intro yes it's available oh. wherever you get your podcast i'm gonna send this to you you know Same i have to confess editor. this is my first time listening to the program it's right here present moment really yeah okay all right, all right. I, 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 I'll take that. So I, I, I'm listening myself. Yeah. Okay, so look. Uh, so now you know we're here, right? And you can make sure you send us out to all your, all your colleagues, right? All your all the police buddies and tell them you are on and, um, and, and our numbers will go through the roof. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. Right? Actually, I was going to tell yeah. them about Catholic uh, radio, bud. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so you do a lot of inter- interfaith work yes. as well? Um, and, and what is that centered around? Is that outside of the police department or is that a function of your um, um, position? Uh, well, outside the police department. Like I said, I've been chaplain for about four months. Um, I mean, being a chaplain, it's interfaith work pretty much because uh, right. uh, we work together as a unit with different multi-faiths and we minister to everybody. Uh, but I've been doing interfaith probably for t- 20 years now. Um, I just I just thought about this. I was telling you earlier. I remember seeing you at, and this is to your point about how the news uh, it only ref, it reflects what is what is negative. It, you know whatever what is it said if uh, if it bleeds it leads right. Mm-hmm. That's old, old news saying. Um, but we don't talk about those moments where you know we get, we've got harmony, we've got peace, we've got people working together. And I was I was just thinking about how. Um, I was recalling seeing you at at the Salam restaurant, and this this was five years ago, right? And I think you might have been you might have been the only white guy uh, there, right? So that that That's was that's an insult, man. You call me white? <laughs> that was it was easy to it was easy, you know. I'm like, put yeah, those okay, glasses I remember on, man. that. But what that said to me though, right? Um, and it was some Nigerians and some. Um, some, some other folks there, right? But primarily African-American. And it was in that moment that I'm thinking that, you know what? Maybe things are not necessarily as, like we're not as separated as, as we think we are. Even though, you, you know, you wasn't there with a crew, it was just, just you. But still, I said, there must be something about the space, right? To say that, okay, I feel, um, I feel comfortable. I feel uh, invited. I feel well enough. Um, to be here, right? That says it says a few things. Number one, about I think just our faith in general, but then also about uh, the event. And I think that says something to me about who you were as an individual, right? Uh, because you know you didn't you didn't look like you were <laughs> like you were worried. You just you just looked like like everybody else. Like you were just you were just chilling. Um, I don't think I've ever said chilling on on Radio Islam. So I'm, I'm bringing. The, you want to translate that to, to the Desi community or the Arab community no, they, out there? They, they, they might they, not. Un- the immigrant community? They already know. They oh, already they already know. Okay, no. they know what chilling we, is? We all talk the same now. <laughs> but um, but do you remember that Do you remember that event? Uh, I, I do remember it. Um, and, and actually, as, as you said, it was a very comfortable environment. Uh, there wasn't nothing threatening. And basically, everybody was there talking about bettering the community. Right. And, um, you know... I, and it would be nice if that type of atmosphere was out on the streets um, and we we're more proactive. And I think that's what more we need to do more of that than talking. Uh, but it was a great network of people. 
I didn't feel out of place. I actually felt at home. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if, if we can just spread that out throughout the city, we'd have all the love we need. Do you think faith communities are doing enough outside of their own walls? Um, I mean, I really don't know. But one thing is I think we have to communicate better with each other. Um, and and it, it's it's getting there. I think we're, we're working at it, um, especially law enforcement and the faith-based community. It's very important that we're, uh, we go hand-in-hand because hand, uh, mm-hmm. we need each other in order to make these streets safe. Uh, these community activists, too, police and actually the, the best community activists out there, I, I think, today is the police because we're out there on the streets and we're taking care of what needs to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody else is doing that. Um, I, re- I remember growing up the whole idea of the, the beat cop. Uh, and I think that was, ca- was kind of phasing out. Um, but is that something, and I remember somebody was talking about bringing, bringing it back. I don't, know, I don't know if it was under Daily. At, at some point he was talking about trying to um, emphasize more police presence in the, in the neighborhoods where you're forming relationships. Is that, is that still going on? Is that taking place, uh, in, in your opinion, on the level that it needs to to, uh, to, to facilitate a little more uh, uh, peace? Um, I mean, a beat cop is very important um, in developing community relationship, um, going out on foot, and mm-hmm. the department actually is proactive on that. They're doing what they're, what's called community positive community interaction. Mm-hmm. So they're actually uh, asked to get out of their cars, go out and actually talk to the public and just have a positive interaction with each other. And in that turn, you're developing a relationship. So we're out there getting a, an event on, on this interaction. That way, you know, we're, we're not just sitting in the car just driving around, but we're actually talking to the good citizens of the community. Mm. So the, um, the, the whole, like the, the CAPS model, um, I guess that's the outgrowth of that? Yes. Um, is that something that you participated in? Um, well, as a police, I think we're always doing CAPS. I, I think we're always... Okay. informally. Uh, yeah, and informally. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, there is an official program. It's there, but I believe that we all do it. Okay. Uh, has there been a... Has there been an impact on policing uh, in Chicago since the election, uh, presidential election, the election of Trump? Oh, wow, now you're talking na- nationwide. Yeah, no, I'm just saying in Chicago, uh, right? Has, uh, has his election had an impact on policing? Um, I mean, not that I know of. I mean, we're, I don't think really the presidential election has anything to do with how we run things in the city. Um, but I do know our current superintendent, mayor, you know, they're working hard at implementing um, programs that will actually help develop a better city okay so i asked that for this reason you remember, you remember when he first got elected uh and he was talking about the um the the some of the rates of violence uh, shootings and he says well maybe we'll send i'll send in the feds and things like that did that gain any traction uh with with police officers you know in the streets like uh he's just talking um did that you know, did you pay any attention to that? Um, I mean, I, 
I mean, he said so many things. I can't really answer to it. Um, I mean, as far as the feds coming here, I, I really don't know if that's going to help. Police work is quite different than what the, the FBI does or any of the fed, federal agents do. It's a different type of law enforcement, and they have a different skill set than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not dismissing them. They do great work, too. Um, but it, that's a different level of policing. Um, so, but, I mean, in terms of the municipal police, Chicago police, we're, we're just out in the trenches. We do police reports. You know, we're, we're handling homicides. We're handling traffic stops. We're doing a community policing. So we live in the city. Right. So we're here. This is our community. So we are the proactive so if he wants if he wants to talk to somebody, he should be talking to he should be talking to you all first. Um, well, again, those are probably sound bites we're hearing, <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to say I mean because I can't really speak for for him. Yeah. In terms of what he meant by it, but mm. all right, well, let me ask you. Let me let me throw you a curveball. I'm going to ask you a very important question. Aren't uh, they all important? No, 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 no. None more wow. important than the question I'm about to ask you right now. Okay. All right, and, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that. That this is an affirmative. Did you see Black Panther? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yes, I. How many times? One time. Okay. All right. All right. I'll, I'll accept it. Yeah. And you know what I thought of? What? The mothership. Really? Yeah. That's the first thing I thought of was the mothership. Huh. You never thought of it? Come on. Didn't cross my mind. Oh, that's the first thing. When I saw that ship, I said, that's the mothership. I shot it out in a the theater. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I was in High, um, High Park uh, Theater, Harper Harper Court Theater. Yeah, yeah in yeah. Hyde Park. Okay, so I, I saw I saw it five times. Uh, I didn't. You must got I money. Did. No, I was ex- I was excited. Okay. I, I was I was really, I mean, just to see that type of, because um, I'm a big history buff, right? Mm-hmm. So it was about it was about for me it was about seeing possibilities, like what in this realm of what could have been what could have been um you know uh africa without colonization without you know being able and being in charge of its own resources so that was exciting to me and seeing just seeing all these these powerful uh images um yeah that was great so i had to go back and see it again and and just keep keep breaking it down so i ended up seeing it five times wow so no I, i can only watch a movie once well, that was me. That was that's the first time I've done that. Yeah, I don't think I'll do it again. Uh, I was trying to get a bring him to go, but you've heard about it though. Yeah, so it's all good. It's all good. All right. Uh, what would you? I'm going to ask you for a little career advice for 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 those who are listening who may be interested in a in a career in police work with the CPD. Oh, well, definitely apply. Great benefits. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I would definitely apply. Okay. Does everybody take the high-speed driving? The high-speed driving? Yeah, you, don't you all have a high-speed driving uh, course that you have We, we do have driving courses, yes. Okay. But it's all about safety. Oh, okay, but I'm saying, but is there a way that, um, that, that I could get in there and, you know, can, can your regular uh, citizens, can we apply and, and, and take the same type of driving that you all take? Well, you can apply, and then you can become the police and then take that driving. Oh, but other than that, we, we can't do it. 
Uh, not that I know of, no. Okay, all right. Well, I guess you wouldn't want to have folks taking that uh, that information and those skills and using them <laughs> to, to evade the police. So, oh, yeah. don't worry. There's people, plenty of people evading the police. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, what do I want to ask you? What What do you want to tell? What do you want to tell the radio? I mean, that was important. That Black Panther question. That was probably the most important one. Well, okay. And I can't believe you didn't think of the mothership. Okay, so we got to go back and we'll have to explain what the mothership is. Yeah. Because everybody doesn't know what the mothership is. All right, so if for those who are not familiar with the Nation of Islam, right, uh, there is a, um, th there's literally a, a mothership uh, similar to Ezekiel's wheel in the, uh, in the Bible that is going to take, is there, is there a certain number? Because, I mean, I'm not, it's um, versed. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, but but it's, it's it is a part of that um, that theology. Oh, you know what? Let me let me jump off of this real quick. I'm going to ask you, what are your thoughts on? I call it sectarianism, right? I mean, we, we see it in other places uh, in the world uh, where Muslims are at, Muslim majority. Do you have any thoughts on healing this sectarian divide that we have? We'll just start right here in, in, in Chicago. I mean, we, and, and that's not to discount the great work that a lot of like organizations like CLGC uh, are doing, trying to bring folks together. But we still have spaces where, if you are a Shia or Sunni, if you're a Nation of Islam, if you're a community um, Imam W.D. Muhammad, whatever it is, where people are, will look at you differently or not necessarily want to. Uh, engage. So we're talking just about within the Muslim community. Yeah, yeah. Just the Muslim in community. Chicago. Yeah. Um, well, you know, with with anything, it's regardless of the religious preference or belief. Um, regardless if you're Muslim, Jewish, if you're with uh, Imam Wadatin Muhammad, or if you're with the Nation of Islam or a Shia, the thing is, is we have to look at each other as human beings, mm -hmm. um, and we have to respect one another, regardless what the what the belief. Mm -hmm or theology that you believe in. Um, and that just makes you more of a whole human being. Um, just like when I went to Salam restaurant, I, you know, it, I came there with an open mind. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt very comfortable with that. And I'm sure people there felt comfortable with me. And I think that's just how we have to approach, approach things. Now it's difficult because people have their misconceptions, but um, for the most part, it, you know, being here in America, in the city of Chicago, um, let's say if you're coming back from a different country and you migrated here and you've been here for 20-something years or maybe five years, mm -hmm. and you may be living, you might have not gotten along with, let's say, Shias or Sunnis, but here we have the rule of law and we have to get along. So that's what the United States is about. And... Um, I think, you know, we just have to be whole-hearted with ourselves and just see people as humans regardless. I think that's the number one aspect there. Mm. Yeah, I, I, and I ask that because that's, I've been having conversations about this. Um, as a minority community, right? I'll, I'll tell you off the air, though, but watch out for <laughs> these people. <laughs> Is that... um we kind of spin our wheels um, sometimes in this this idea of uh, of wanting to kick people out the club. You yeah, know, you know, 
you, you, you're not Muslim because you don't, you, you see things differently or whatever, right? Um, where really our our health as a community, uh, our future is going to be is going to be tied to us being able to reconcile uh, these difference differences, have unity without necessarily uh, demanding uniformity. Um, that is um, that's where I'm hoping, you know, that's where I'm hoping that we're going. Uh, seeing you as a as a chaplain uh, for the police department, and and also being very comfortable in just in who you are, uh, I think that is. Those are the kind of things that, that we need because I think people need to see different representations of Muslims, uh, not and just not to think that we're either all Arab or all you know uh, or, or South Asian or even all African American, right? Because um, have you ever got this before? Oh, I didn't know you Muslim. Oh, all the time. You don't look you don't look like a Muslim. I definitely don't fit the profile. Yeah. So Islamophobia. Islamophobia impacts. Well, you have it's, you have a completely different perspective on it. Then I, w- I would imagine on a personal level. Well, first of all, let me just give you a little background. What uh, my father, my grandparents had to deal with in communist Albania. Uh, my family was pretty well to do in Albania, and once communists took over, everything was taken away from them: their land, their wealth, uh, and not only that, worse is they took away everybody's religion. Um, so they destroyed many mosques and churches, and you couldn't pray, you couldn't fast. If you're found out that you're fasting, um, you know, you're either gonna be in prison or get, be killed. You couldn't have a cross around your neck or a Quranic verse on your wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so having said that, what my family had to go through, and then being here in the United States, and born and raised here, I'm free to practice my religion. The government will protect me for that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, and if we look at the right perspective on things, we don't have to worry about anything. Now, if there's somebody that might make a comment, they have an opinion, fine. Don't, so long you don't put your hands on me. But if you do, there's going to be repercussions, and there's the rule of law. And the government's not going to come knocking at your door or knocking down your door and and taking you out of the house because you're praying five times a day or you're observing the Sabbath. Um, So everybody's protected, and that's just important to be aware of that. Mm. So my perspective is it's it's just great to be here, and I'm glad that I don't have the trials that my grandparents have have dealt with or what my father has dealt with, that I'm I'm free to be, like as Muhammad Ali said, I'm free to be who I want to be. Um, So I can practice my religion freely, and I will be protected by the government. Now, there may be cases where you have to fight, but you have that option. So that's important to know. Um, Now, with the department, it's been throughout my years, even as a recruit, um, I remember when I had to go. Now, when you're a recruit, you're on probationary status. I had a hospital details working the wagon, and... um, I, I couldn't drive on my own. I had to have a, an officer in the car with me. So I had to do Juma. The sergeant actually came by, made sure that I made it for Juma. And he didn't know anything about the religion. I just told him, hey, Sarge, I need to do my prayers. And he took it upon himself to make sure that I made it to my prayers. Um, and then every partner I've had, it's like, hey, isn't it time for you to pray? Oh, or if I'm fasting, oh, it's time for you to break your fast now. So. It's, it's all a matter of perspective, how you view things. And 
again, it's it's been just nothing but positive. Mm. Um, so just think of that. Somebody else has it worse in this world, but we pretty much have it great here. Hmm. Now that's we could we could have a really long conversation on that. You should have started with that question first. Yeah. Yeah. Where are the we call could. takers? You know what they're gonna do? They're gonna tweet us. Oh, they're gonna yeah. tweet us, yeah. huh? Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll okay. inbox. I'm not us. even on social media, so how am I gonna know that? I I, I send it to you. I text it to you. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> Husni, I appreciate you being here. Um, if there's anything I've taken away from our conversation, it is definitely perspective. Thank you. Um, you know, and having a perspective, seeing. All right, I'm going to end with this. I was in a conversation yesterday. I, I was um, I was with this group with the uh, uh, Pillars Fund. They had this, uh, what's it called, Talk Back Tuesday? or I can't remember what the hashtag is. But one of the things we had to do in this group was to talk about our experience as, as a Muslim or the narrative about us, how that has impacted us, positive or negative. And this group of five people, everybody gave a negative, started off with a negative response. Right? So we could have went negative or positive, but we talked about something you know for whatever reason it came out negative so um we noticed that afterwards and seeing things in a positive light that's an exercise that that is definitely a choice um so you know just made me think about that i have to say one thing that hamza yusuf talked about sheikh hamza yusuf mm -hmm. is that you should always have a good opinion and the main thing he says you should always have a good opinion about allah god mm -hmm. so always have a good opinion about things and they'll just make your heart at ease there is good in this. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Radio Islam family, we've been talking with CPD Chaplain Husni Selenica. Uh, appreciate him being here. Appreciate you listening, even though he has he has clowned you for not calling in. But it's okay. We, we know you are there. Look forward to being with you again tomorrow. I want to thank our engineer over at WCEV, Leonard. Thank you very much, sir. We thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Kalamine. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you, <laughs> we remind you, the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and are not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Inc. With that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.